Well, thank you as always to all of those who have helped to put our worship service together for Chris Shockey, who was our liturgist this morning, uh, for our praise team and Wesley Choir, who always provide our music, and for Gary Brubaker, who so wonderfully puts things together. Thank you. Here we are on this new year. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, I uh, sometimes have a hard time believing that we're actually in a new year. This time between Christmas and New Year is so squishy and like, anyway, here we are. Um, now, uh, the end of the year and the beginning of a new year is usually a lot of time of reflecting, um, sometimes thinking about things from the previous year that we want to keep or things that we don't want to keep from the previous year, um, maybe where we've experienced God or where God might be calling us. And so this year, as we have in the past several years, we'll start our year centered in the wisdom of the star. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we are in the season of Christmas. Christmas is not just one day. Oftentimes, that's the way it's celebrated. But in the church, we celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. Um, so Christmas being the first day up until Epiphany. Um, and so in these 12 days of Christmas, we remember the Christmas story. There's lots of traditions around the world um, of how this is celebrated. Um, some Christian traditions have a 12th night service. Um, in fact, um, I know several churches who had to uh, cancel Christmas Eve services because of the weather um, are having 12th night service to celebrate Christmas and sing Christmas carols. So uh, you may be tired of all of the Christmas stuff. Maybe you have eaten your last Christmas cookie or your last candy cane, um, or you heard Mariah Carey sing um, Christmas songs one, time, one more time and you just can't stand it anymore. Maybe. Or maybe you're just slowly taking it all in and slowly taking it all down, but celebrating Christmas. Maybe not with those things, but what the season means, what it means to celebrate this baby, Jesus Christ. So let's talk about that story a little bit. Um, the story of Jesus being born. Um, we have Jesus' birth covered in two of the four Gospels, Math, uh, yeah, Matthew and Luke. Um, Luke covers the Jesus' birth story mostly through Mary's perspective um, and talks about the shepherds um, and angels. Um, Zechariah and Elizabeth, John the Baptist are a part of that story. Um, that Magi are not a part of the Lucan version. So then there's Matthew's version of the birth story, which we heard um, in our scripture today a little bit of Matthew's story. So the Gospel of Matthew was largely written for a Jewish audience, and it was told mostly via Joseph's perspective. You don't have the angel coming to Mary telling her she's going to have a baby. Instead, you have an angel appearing to Joseph in a dream telling him that Mary's telling the truth. And uh, Matthew's gospel starts with Jesus' genealogy, which includes women and includes people who weren't Jewish. So it starts by telling something about Jesus just by telling about his genealogy and his lineage. Um, also, the story of the Magi are in the gospel of Matthew. Now, 
a little bit more just about Matthew's gospel. Matthew's gospel in general sets up Jesus as the new Moses. Um, so if you think about who the greatest prophet has been um, in Jewish history up to that point, Moses is the one who led people out of the promised land. Um, and so Jesus is the new Moses in many ways. Um, so Moses, Moses was called by God to lead the Israelite people out of slavery. Um, and Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt into the wilderness. Um, you can think about the law, um, Ten Commandments, and much of the law was given through Moses. But Moses himself died without entering into the promised land and is considered to be one of the greatest prophets, the greatest lawgivers, um, and, um, and helped to bring freedom to the people. Um, many of, uh, much of the Jewish laws and traditions are passed through Moses. And so Jesus is getting set up as the new Moses, the new one who would lead people out of slavery, who would set up new laws. Now, there's another part of Moses' story. Um, when Moses was born, Pharaoh was threatened by the promise of someone who would free the Israelites, which um, whenever there is someone who is threatened by power um, or power coming be, being taken away, um, Pharaoh was threatened by the promise of someone who would free the Israelites. So in reaction, Pharaoh said, fine, kill all the male children under the age of two. Um, but Moses' mother saved him by putting him in a basket and sending him down the river. Ultimately, Moses uh, ended up in the palace. The princess found Moses in the river. Um, and so the story ended up very differently than the Pharaoh wanted or intended with um, his earlier proclamation. So we can compare that to also the story in Matthew about Jesus. Now, when Herod heard about the Magi traveling to see the baby, um, they followed the star and um, they told Herod when they saw the star. And so Herod did the calculations and talked to his people and figured out when it meant that the baby was born. And this baby that the Magi are going to see, who is Jesus, um, Herod knew that was a threat to his power, to his authority as king, because it meant um, a new king was coming. Um, and so what unhealthy or bad leaders do when someone threatens their power, just like Pharaoh did, um, Herod called for the murder of all children under the age of two. And it's called the slaughter of the innocents. You see the similarities between the two stories. Now, this is a part, one of the details and one of the parts of the Christmas story that we tend not to tell for fairly obvious reasons. I mean, it doesn't really fit in the stories of shepherds and angels or of Christmas trees and candy canes. Um, it's not a great, oh, by the way, there was a bunch of babies murdered. Not a great part of the story. In fact, it's a really hard part of the story. And so it tends to be ignored or glossed over. Um, and so I think that it's important just to acknowledge that it is a part of the story and especially what it means in the Gospel of Matthew. So we acknowledge it and we're going to move into the Magi. So let's talk about the Magi. Um, these Magi who go to see the baby. Um, now there is a lot that we kind of know about the Magi and most of that comes from songs um, we three kings, uh, most of that comes from there. So um, 
the Magi. Uh, we often think of there being three Magi because of the song um, and because that's how many gifts were brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the truth is we don't know how many Magi there actually were. All we know is that there was more than one uh, because it says in the plural. Um, so there was more than one. So it could have been two, it could have been three, it could have been 17. Um, we don't exactly know how many. Uh, traditionally, the names for these three magi are Balthazar, Melchior, and Gaspar. So we tend to have them be three wise men carrying the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Um, and they're from the east. But the truth is we don't know what that means or how far east they're from. We tend to attribute it to the Orient, we three kings of Orient are, um, but we don't know exactly how far east they came from. It may have been Persia or India, um, but they came from the east. And uh, most of our crushes, most of our nativity scenes have the wise men there at the same time with the shepherds and the sheep and baby Jesus. But um, that's not what the story says. That's not how Matthew describes it. Matthew says they're not at the stable, but they're actually in a house. Um, and the word that's used for the baby, uh, for Jesus, is not a baby, but it's actually like a toddler. Um, and so it could have been up to two years after Jesus was born that the Magi find the baby or the toddler. Um, hence, Herod's instructions of all of those under two. So um, the Magi also go by a lot of different names. We three kings, the Magi. Um, Magi comes from the word magicians. Um, and so these, these wise men, Magi, um, three, three kings, they weren't actually kings like royalty. Um, they were probably more like astrologers or tarot card readers. Um, they weren't probably Jewish um, they were probably pagans. And so if you think about this Jesus being the new Moses or the king of the king of the people, um, a part, uh, the, the Messiah that the Jewish people had been waiting for, and the first in line to see Jesus are these non-Jewish people, um, it continues that pattern of not exactly being the first that you might think uh, who would be in line to see the king of kings. And they bring these gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Um, gold, fairly obvious. Who wouldn't want gold for a present, right? Um, but then there's frankincense, which is like an incense. It's used for prayers. Um, so you would light the incense, pray, um, and you know the the smoke or like the the scent of the incense um, was wafting up to heaven um, for God to smell the prayers or to carry the prayers. Um, so that was uh, what, what incense and what frankincense was for. And then myrrh is a burial spice, which I know it sounds like a really unusual gift to give a baby. Like, welcome to the world, here's your burial spice. Um, but it's actually, um, although it's unusual, um, it's not as unusual as you might think because everyone needs burial spice. <laughs> I know, um, not exactly what you wanna be remembering, but everyone needs it and it's expensive. And so these gifts that are given are costly gifts. Um, gold, obvious, frankincense and myrrh. And so they're expensive gifts that are given. Um, 
Uh, and so they, the Magi followed the star um, because they knew that something was happening. This was a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing, something that the Jewish people had been waiting for far too long for, this Messiah to be born. And the Messiah had been born, and things were about to change, but nobody really knew how. There is lots of expectations, for sure. Um, and so when the Magi came and they worshipped the baby, um, they worshipped Jesus and gave the gifts, um, they had also talked to Herod before seeing baby Jesus, um, child Jesus, before seeing Jesus. Um, and uh, when they left Jesus, they decided to go home by a different way um, because Herod had asked the Magi, oh, tell me where the baby is so I can pay him homage too, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but they were warned in a dream about Herod's intentions uh, to murder Jesus um, and also the slaughter of the innocents, the killing of all of children under two. So they went home another way so as not to tell Herod exactly where Jesus was um, and, um, and defy the unjust ruler to save the life of this child. So um, it's a complicated story. <laughs> Oh, so the gifts um, that the, uh, the Magi brought, um, according to many traditions, um, uh, Mary and Joseph, as soon as the, the uh, Magi left, they fled to Egypt to escape this slaughter of the innocents. Um, and tradition says that they used those gifts and sold them to finance their trip to Egypt. That should also be similar um, to thinking about Moses' story, where Moses fled to. Um, so... Um, this story, uh, even as most parts of the story, as most of scripture stories, as most human stories, it's complicated. Um, and it's a, it's a very radical story. Um, it's a very difficult story at times. And it's this radical, subversive story that for some people, it seems really absurd and hard to believe. And this is the story. This is the story of our faith. This is the story of our Messiah. This is the story of Jesus. And it's the story of the Magi following the star. So what does it mean to us today? What does this story mean to us in the middle of, of its own complexity, in the middle of its own radical nature? What do we do with this story today? I mean, when you think about the story of Jesus' birth, there are parts of it that seem far-fetched and unbelievable. There are things about the story where science tells us that's just not possible. And there are parts of the story that to our logical brain, they may not make sense. So what do you do with them? How do you have faith in this? You can get caught up in all of the details of the story and miss the actual point. Sometimes the details help to understand the story, and for some people, they hinder. So how do we remember this story about Jesus and celebrate Jesus' birth? Well, can you imagine being any part of that story, any person in that story? The shepherds hearing the song of the angels, Mary carrying this baby, Joseph in a dream. But then there's these wise men, these magi, can you imagine being the Magi, following the star to see a baby? This is not even a part of your own faith tradition, but you know that something is different about this baby. 
and you get to be a part of the story. And not just by visiting, but also by keeping him safe, by not telling someone who wanted to murder him where he was. You're actively working for peace in this story. In our baptismal vows, we talk about resisting evil, injustice, and oppression. These magi did just that by defying Herod, leaving on another way, resisting evil, injustice, and oppression. This is an incredible story. And in the middle of the story, you just wonder how, (laughs) like how is this a thing? The truth is there's no place that God isn't. God walks and works and journeys with us in every time and every place. That's what Jesus tells us over and over and over again throughout his story. The story of Jesus' birth is the incarnation that God is with us. Jesus meets everybody where they are. That's what prevenient grace is. In the United Methodist Church, we talk about three different types of grace. Prevenient grace is the grace that existed long before us and will exist long after our acknowledgement. It's the whisper of God that says, I am with you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and I will be with you always, no matter what, forever and ever and ever and ever. And when you're ready, we'll take another step. The grace of God never leaves us. We can ignore it and pretend that it's not there, but God is never gone. God will not leave us orphaned. And in the middle of this, God also calls us and gives us a job to build God's kingdom, to make peace, to resist evil, injustice, and oppression, to make amends, to make good, to restore. We're invited in this to be a part of the story as well. The Magi followed the star to give and offer gifts to the baby of gold and frankincense and myrrh. What gift, what gift do you give the Messiah? Do you give gold and frankincense and myrrh? What can you give? We give our our gifts, our prayers, our presence, our service, and our witness. We give the gift of ourselves and our work to make the world a better place here and now, here and now and for the future. These are the gifts that we have to offer. So in this new year, when you're thinking about what do I have, what can I give, um, what's, what's going to change this year? We always think about trying something new during this time of year. Maybe you have resolutions that you make or goals or you have a word that defines your year. Maybe you've made some of those resolutions like new year, new me. Um, Maybe you are ready to see 2022 end because there's been too much pain or grief or heartache. Every time a new year starts, we have a dream that, that, that things will be different this year. And, and the thing is, is about a new year, um, it's a new start. A lot of that remains. We carry things with us and we can also choose what to let go. It also doesn't have to be a particular day or a particular time. It doesn't have to be at 12.01 on January 1st that that's when I decide that I'm going to start new. We get to start new every day, whenever you're ready. That's the whisper of God. I'm right here whenever you're ready.
I'll be right here whenever you're ready. Follow the star. So for the last few years, we have given star words for the year as a part of Epiphany, uh, words to help guide your year. And maybe you remember yours from last year, or maybe you don't. Maybe your word met your expectations and helped to frame or reframe your year. year. Um, or maybe yours is still a complete question. Maybe you didn't have a word at all. Um, some of the people who took words last year, who drew some of these words, um, shared a little bit about their, um, their reflections. Um, one had the word for 2022 as discover and said, I did discover a lot of things. Some of what I discovered wasn't happy, but some of the other things I discovered were kind of deep. The first thing I discovered was that a good family friend who we'd lost touch with had passed away months before. Somehow we didn't know she was dying of cancer. So it was a shock and very sad. But in the days and weeks that followed, I felt very much like she was watching over me. And I discovered her presence in different ways. I also discovered more about God and an understanding of God that I had never known before. Discover. One person said that their word was patience. And they said that their spouse was recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And they learned a lot about patience as they regressed this year. One who had the word cook and said that they took it as a challenge to learn how to cook different nationality foods and learn a bit about different cultures around the world and to try things that they'd never done before. One word was pray and they said that they learned about a new prayer life and a deeper prayer life. One person said that their word was kindness and they thought um, they would uh, think about all of the ways that they showed kindness all year and that's what they did also. But they said the, the thing that they didn't expect was that they noticed all of the ways that kindness was showed to them, the ways that they experienced kindness and not just showed it. Uh, and it made them look at humans differently um, and to love one another differently. My word last year for the last year was joy. Um, and when I drew that word, um, I both dreaded it and needed it and was excited for it. Um, 2021, I mean, the last few years have been rough, right? Um, in so many different ways. And so at the end of 2021, I was just drained. And when I pulled joy, I was like, are you serious? Um, and also, one of my goals for the year was rediscovering my joy, my joy for everything, for life, for all the things. Um, and so it really helped me throughout the year to work on my joy, whatever that meant, enjoying the little things, finding joy. Um, joy was my word. And um, I found joy in surprising ways and in ways that I was not expecting. Maybe your words have been the same. You found them in ways that you were surprised and not expecting. A star shines in the night and it reminds us that the universe is bigger than ourselves 
and that it shines even if we can't see it. And maybe even if we're not looking for it, the stars give us surprising gifts of wisdom. And sometimes our understanding involves two. So just like any gift or invitation, take your word. And if you'd like a star word, um, you can pick one up from the church at any time. Um, you can either have, have a word chosen for you, um, or you can pick up your own. Uh, your star can be mailed to you. Uh, so if you'd like to have it mailed to you, we can do that. Um, I, um, I often recommend not to, um, to pick a word that you want. That's a possibility. Like, you can do that. Um, but to pick a word without looking and to reflect on it, to let it influence your ear. Let it speak to your relationship with God. Let it speak to how you'll make the world a better place. Let it be a gift to you. The Magi offered gifts to the baby who offered gifts to the world. So today the wisdom of the star offers us a gift to offer back to the world, to make a change, to make things better, to join God in making the world a better place here and now and for the future. So may you carry what 2022 has taught you and work to make the world better. May we leave behind the things that are not needed or necessary. May we leave behind the things that break our hearts or spirits and still carry the lessons we, re we learned. May our cries for never again or not here be cries for action. May we look at one another as the human beings that we all are. May we protect and respect the dignity and sacred worth of one another. May we live with joy and work for peace. May we hold on to hope and work on building the hope we have. May we be brave, knowing that sometimes we're scared and we do it anyway. May these gifts offer us opportunities for a new start. Christmas isn't over, not just because it's 12 days long, but because there's work for us to continue to do, to keep following the star that pulls us forward, that reminds us that hope is real, that love is alive, that we are part of the story that is being written of life and salvation. Like the wise ones followed the star to see God's light revealed in Jesus, we follow the word on our stars for 2023 to see how God's light is revealed to us in new ways. Follow the star. Amen.